I know of one Christian prisoner who's been beaten. And I was really encouraged that he didn't hold any bitterness in his heart towards the prisoners and the guards, even when he had been ill-treated by them in the past. Across the world today, millions of Christians are persecuted. They face oppression, imprisonment, displacement, and even death, simply because of their faith in Jesus Christ. These courageous believers are our brothers and sisters. We are in this together with them and we need to hear their voice. Join host Kenneth as we discover their stories today on Release International's Voice podcast. Persecution has many faces. Sometimes it appears as oppression, sometimes as violence. One way that Christians around the world experience persecution for their faith is imprisonment. In this edition of The Voice podcast, our guest is Release International's Imtiaz Ashraf, who has visited Christians imprisoned for their faith in Pakistan. It's a great joy to be speaking with my friend and colleague Imtiaz Ashraf. Imtiaz, thank you for joining us for this episode of The Voice podcast. Hello, Kenneth, and a really big hello to all those who are listening. Imtiaz, you've been on the staff of Release International for a number of years now, and some of our listeners may have heard you preach in a church or may have spoken with you when you've manned Release International stands at various conferences and events. Before we get into today's theme, tell us a little about your background and how you came to faith in Christ. Well, Kenneth, I was born in Pakistan. And I came to England in 1963 with my parents and my sister. I was brought up in a nominal Islamic household. My dad died um, around 1974. And after his death, I stayed in school for a while, but left when I was about 15 to help my mum run a second-hand furniture shop. And during those years, my lifestyle changed. I didn't have anything to do with religion. I really wasn't interested in God or anything to do with Christianity. Then on one occasion, I met a missionary who visited some of my friends and used to tell them about Jesus. This missionary started to visit me and tell me about Jesus. To be honest with you, Kenneth, I had no idea what he was talking about. But one day he invited me to watch a film of Billy Graham preaching which I found really interesting because he was talking about heaven and hell. And then on another occasion, uh, I watched a film called The Cross and the Switchblade. And these films really inspired me and helped me to find faith. And since my conversion to Christ, I've had a real passion to tell people about Jesus and a real desire to help all those lives that are broken. And years later, I worked with the London City Mission for 14 years as a church-based missionary. And during this time, I also served as a chaplain, a special police constable with the Metropolitan Police. And I served for two years with a charity that enabled me to minister in Nigeria and Kenya. Then in 2006, I had the privilege of joining Release International. And I've had the joy of ministering to Christians who have been persecuted for their faith. 
Thanks for sharing that with us, Imtiaz. It's always a joy to hear how God has been at work uh, bringing someone to faith in Christ. Now, with your background that you've just described, it's not surprising that Pakistan has featured prominently in your ministry at Release International. I know you've visited Pakistan on a number of occasions. Can you sum up for us in a few sentences the challenges facing Christians in Pakistan today? Well, in Pakistan, the challenge is really living out your faith in an environment where many people are hostile to anyone who follows Jesus, and especially for those who have converted from Islam to Christianity. So there is always that fear that some of these churches may be attacked. And over the years, several villages have been attacked because Christians have been falsely accused of blasphemy. And there have been several bomb blasts which has left many Christians injured and killed. So it's really challenging for Christians to worship freely and even practice their faith at times. Because many Christians live in poverty, it's a big challenge for them to survive with such a low income and it's not easy to find a job unless you are well educated. I do not need to point out, Kenneth, there are many Muslims in Pakistan who want to live peacefully with Christians. However, there is always a potential of violence towards Christians if one of them is discovered to have allegedly committed blasphemy. One of the issues and challenges is that over the years, many young Christian girls are kidnapped, forced to convert and forcibly married to their captor. These are some of the kind of challenges Christians are facing. Thanks for that. Now, I want us to focus on one particular facet of persecution that Christians in Pakistan are sometimes subject to, and that is imprisonment. Imprisonment essentially for their Christian faith. Pakistan's constitution, we know, establishes Islam as the state religion, but it does also provide for all citizens the right to profess, practice and propagate their religion. So, Imtiaz, when it comes to religious issues, why do some Christians in Pakistan end up in prison? Well, one of the reasons why some Christians end up in prison is because they are falsely accused of blasphemy. And in Pakistan, if anyone defiles the Quran, they are punished with life imprisonment. And if anyone makes derogatory remarks by words spoken or written or by any visible means, directly or indirectly, that defiles the name of Muhammad, they should be punished with death or imprisonment for life. Even if you insult the Quran or Muhammad unintentionally, you can be in serious trouble. For example, if you drop a piece of the Quran on the floor, in the eyes of the Muslims, you have committed blasphemy. And this law has been used to make false allegations against Christians, often to settle scores. Now, I know you've had the tremendous privilege of visiting Christians who've been imprisoned for their faith and witness. Can you describe for us a little of what that's like? What are the conditions like for Christians who find themselves in that situation? Well, Kenneth, many of the prisons in Pakistan are really overcrowded. And also, if you're ill, it's really difficult to get good medical care. And if you're a Christian, you're under a lot of pressure to convert to Islam from Muslim prisoners. And if you've been accused of blasphemy, your life is really in danger from other prisoners as well. Over the years, I've visited several Christian prisons and... What has encouraged and challenged me is that in the midst of the terrible conditions and hostility they have faced, they remain strong in the Lord. 
I know of one Christian prisoner who has been beaten. However, it's interesting he wears a cross and shares the gospel, even though it's very dangerous for him. When I visited him a while back, he wanted to thank all those who had been praying for him. And I was really encouraged that he didn't hold any bitterness in his heart towards the prisoners and the guards, even when he had been ill-treated by them in the past. On one occasion when I visited him, he was really tearful. And as he held my hand, he prayed this prayer. Oh, my dear Lord Jesus, listen to my prayer in my hard times. I come to you, O Lord. Please release me from my captivity. O Lord, forgive my sins and have mercy on me. O Lord, listen to my prayer. I am your child. Alleluia. I also remember one woman who was accused of blasphemy and was in prison for about a year. After she was freed, she couldn't go back to her village. And as far as I know, she now lives at a secret location. So it's quite difficult to go back to your own town once you come out of prison, especially if you've been accused of blasphemy. And of course, it's not just about those in prison, is it? Can you tell us a bit about what life is then like for the families of Christians who are in prison for their faith? Well, when the breadwinner is in prison, the wives and children suffer greatly because they have no income and therefore they struggle to survive. And sometimes they have to borrow money from family and friends. And some of these women, they work as cleaners and maids to bring some money. And even their lives can be in danger because if the accusers find out where they live, they will harm them. I remember one Christian lady whose husband Asif is in prison at this time said, When all your husband is under the charge of blasphemy, nobody will stand with you. Everybody abandoned me. I was helpless and hopeless. Having visited some of these wonderful Christian ladies, you can see how life is so difficult for them. Not only do they struggle with finding finance to help them to live, but also the journey to prison can be long and tiring. And these wonderful ladies are really desperate for Christians to pray for them. One lady whose husband is also in prison on a false accusation of blasphemy said, Please pray that my husband will be released and pray especially for my little daughter. She is missing him a lot. It's very difficult, Kenneth, to answer her question when she asks about her father. And because of the financial difficulties she has to work, she has to do all kinds of house sweeping and cleaning to earn some money to live and survive. We're speaking to Release International staff member Imtiaz Ashraf, who has frequently ministered to persecuted Christians in Pakistan. We've heard him talk about some of the difficulties Christians in Pakistan face and the pain of imprisonment. Continue listening as Imtiaz tells us about some other countries in the world where Christians face the threat of imprisonment and also some of the encouragements that he has seen in and through the lives of those suffering for Christ and the Gospel. Now, Release International is active in more than 25 countries around the world and in each case we work through Christian partners on the ground to support those who suffer persecution. So can you tell us how Release International partners in Pakistan 
help those who are imprisoned for their faith and their families? Yes, we have a project in Pakistan that aims to help pastors, Christian leaders and the Christians who have been imprisoned and are suffering due to their ministry or because of their Christian faith or being falsely accused of blasphemy. And this ministry looks after the prisoners' families through encouragement and helping them in the Christian faith by prayer. Teaching and pastoral visiting is very important and also they look after and help prisoners' families meet their financial needs while the breadwinner is in prison. Now, um, I appreciate your particular expertise is Pakistan, but can you tell us about some of the other countries in our world today where imprisonment is a real threat and a regular experience for Christians? Yeah, it's interesting that in China, the persecution of Christians mainly comes from the authorities. Over the years, there have been several attacks on churches and church leaders have been imprisoned. And we are informed that there are attempts to eradicate the house church movement. One of our partners said, the Chinese Communist Party has hundreds of millions of face recognition cameras all over, the chi- all over China. They keep watch over every street corner from the four walls of church buildings and even from pulpits. We are also informed by our partner in China that persecution is increasing and spreading across the whole country and will continue. And Iran is another interesting country where Christians are also persecuted by the government authorities, especially if you're converted from Islam to Christianity. And many of these Christians meet in secret to fellowship and pray and encourage each other. It does appear converts and Christian workers and leaders are likely to face increasing pressure and those who do meet in house groups do not know if they're under surveillance or not. And in Eritrea, Christians face persecution and hostility from the government as well. Many Christians have been imprisoned for their faith and suffer in appalling conditions. In some cases, some Christians have been imprisoned in shipping containers without having gone to trial. A lady named Helen Bahani, who most people have heard of, who was a gospel singer, was locked in a shipping container and tortured because of faith in Jesus. She spent a number of months in the shipping container. Although she suffered badly, she remained strong in her faith. And during her time, on one occasion, she sang a wonderful song. These are the words. I love you, that's why I draw myself closer to you. I know that it's worth following you. I'm not only ready for prison, but I trust you unto death. Even in a closed space or in a pit, I will not surrender to evil spirits. Not even if I'm bound or I'm chained and I'm suffering from cold, I will sing and I'm not going to tire of singing nor give up. My heart is burning with your love and my heart declares I will never stop respecting you or lifting you up. I will sing again and again. I will sing a melody for you. My soul is pleased to sing for you. It's a very powerful testimony, isn't it? Now, the prospect of Christians being imprisoned for their faith in Christ is obviously not something we relish. We don't celebrate it. But Imtiaz, in all your encounters over the years with persecuted Christians in Pakistan, what encouragements have you seen in and through the trials and tribulations that they've faced? 
Well, once I was in Pakistan and there were two bomb blasts at churches in Lahore which killed 14 people and around 70 were injured. A lady whose husband died after the bomb blast said that one Sunday morning towards the end of the Sunday service, shooting was heard outside the church. Cushy, her husband, rushed out with some of the men to find out what had happened. A few minutes later, a bomb exploded near the entrance of the church and Cushy and many others were killed. The very first night after the funeral of my husband, while I was praying to God and putting my new difficult situation before him, I spoke to my God and told him, I don't like to be called a widow. Please help me to cope. She goes on to say, while I was crying in the middle of the night, God responded to me with Isaiah 54 verse 5. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. After this, I never felt that I'm a widow because I share all my problems and issues with him. On another occasion, there was a suicide attack at a Lahore playground targeting Christians who were celebrating Easter. And this bomb blast left 70 mainly women and children dead and more than 340 wounded. A man lost his two two daughters in the bomb blast. One of them died instantly. The other was taken to the hospital and died. I spent three weeks with our partners visiting a hospital where there were a number of Christians who were seriously injured and also we spent some time visiting their family. One Christian man I visited lost two daughters in the space of a very short time. The loss of his daughters left him devastated. When I met him, I noticed they'd cried and cried for many days until he had no tears. He was really struggling with his faith and in shock with all that happened. But he told me only God has given him the strength to cope. One of his other daughters had lost her faith because of this, having lost two sisters. But thanks be to God, she's now back, trusting in Jesus. One of the difficulties Christians face in Pakistan is converting to Christ from Islam. Some of those who have converted have shown that they love God more than the world, even their own lives. Some of these converts have to live in hiding to stay safe and from those who would want to harm them, including their families. There's a lady in Pakistan who converted to Christ and has not seen her family for over 15 years. Currently, she lives in a safe house, but she knows her real safe place and refuge is in God and it's in him she finds comfort and peace in the storms of life. Now, life is not easy for her and her husband and children, but they remain strong and faithful to Jesus. I've noticed from my brothers and sisters who suffer is their need of prayer. Whenever I visit them, they're always asking me to ask Christians to pray for them. Can I encourage you, please do pray for them because it's not easy for Christians in Pakistan. Some of them suffer with mental illness and depression. However, they do try to remain close to the Lord. You touched on prayer there and I was going to ask you, Imtiaz, just finally, um, how can our listeners make a difference? 
those perhaps who have listened to this podcast and some of the stories that you've shared, and what would you encourage them to do in response to those who are imprisoned for their faith? Well, I would ask firstly to pray for our brothers and sisters to remain strong in the Lord because of the pressures they face and for good health in mind, body and spirit. And also, if you are able to, please support them financially. Imtiaz, once again, thank you for sharing with us on this edition of The Voice podcast. Thank you, Kenneth. It's been my pleasure being able to share with you. Imprisonment for faith in Christ brings great hardship, not just for the person in prison, but for their families as well. The Apostle Paul, as we know, was no stranger to imprisonment, and towards the end of his life, he wrote of those who had sought him out when in prison and had, as Paul put it, refreshed him. Imtiaz spoke of ways we can support those who suffer, those who are imprisoned for their faith. If you would like to find out more about how you can support persecuted Christians, do go to our website, releaseinternational.org, for more details. Thank you so much for listening to The Voice podcast. Please do subscribe through your favourite podcast app so you can stay connected to The Voice of Persecuted Christians. We'd love to hear your feedback on the podcast too, so please do share your comments with us. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and YouTube. And if you don't already receive our free quarterly magazine or prayer alert emails, then you can subscribe on our website at releaseinternational.org forward slash podcast. Remember those who are in prison as if you were in there together with them and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Do not abandon them.